It's Monday. It's morning. And it's macabre, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Monday Morning Macabre. We realize it's coming out a little late for you, but it's in America. It's a little holiday here, okay? It's called the uh, the 4th of July. I have at least, I have six sparklers in my hands right yes. now during this recording. I, Scones is like mangled hands are holding three sparkle, six sparklers, whatever number he just said, <laughs> uh, after he blew them off with a couple of Roman candles. Really powerful Roman candles. Yeah, they were, gotta get the good stuff. I mean, yeah, we had to go to New Hampshire to get it. New Hampshire, come back New down, Hampshire. have a couple of dogs, drink a couple of brews, light off a couple of fireworks, shoot them you at know. a couple of pe- family members. Shh. Shoot a couple of family members into the stratosphere on top of a... Uh, scones, make up a name for a firework real quick, go. Oh, uh, Screaming Dooleys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we took a couple of Screaming Dooleys out there and we launched our, our both of our aunts into the stratosphere, dude. Hey, man, dude. Hey, man, brother, man. Uh, hey, everybody. Welcome to Monday Morning Macabre. Uh, I hope you guys had a safe 4th of July. I hope if you have a dog... Uh, your life is okay because my dog would not stop barking the entire night, <laughs> uh, which was super dope when you have a small child that you're trying to put to sleep. Um, let's so just say great. Darcy doesn't have a small dog anymore. Yeah, let's just say a couple of screaming doolies went into a screaming Charlie. <laughs> and then... Uh, <laughs> uh, so, uh, so hey, hey everybody. <laughs> um, as you guys know... This is... a. Uh, this is, a, this is a deuce parter. Should we do like a last week on Monday Morning Macabre? Last time on Monday Morning Macabre, we we brought you uh, a little bit of a kooky, crazy story of a family who has been possessed by demon spirits. There's been hauntings, strange ghostly figures have been appearing uh, in this family's home. Uh, Cops are like, now nah, that's fake. Wait, that's real. Yeah. So this is the Ammons family. This is the exorcism of Latoya Ammons. So if you haven't listened to the first part of this episode, then you should get on your horse and clip, clop, 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 clop your way back a few episodes. And by a few, I mean one, because <laughs> it's a part two. That's math. So uh, I'm going to be presenting again today because it'd be weird for Scones to be like, I got the second half of this story. Uh, so I will continue where we left off and listeners buckle up buckaroos because we're about to find out what happened after one of the Ammons boys walked up a wall and flipped over his grandmother band. If you're out there, play us the fuck in. Boy, I hope they're out there. <laughs> Is there any band out there? Because if not, I'll have to use this banger of a song I just wrote. That's me really hoping the band doesn't show up so I get my shot at singing the intro song. Yeah, here, you've been waiting. <laughs> I've been waiting for my... I'm not Waiting in the wings. In the words of Hamilton, I'm not throwing away my shot, you know? He's not throwing away his shot. Yes, exactly. I actually watched Hamilton for the first time a week or two ago. And by watching... Ooh, I mean, I didn't get to see inspired. it. I'm I'm a, I'm out of the I my Hamilton credit is very low because I had to watch it on Disney Plus. 
and I actually watched it with You're my, out? You're already out? You just got in, you're out? <laughs> it was funny. It was me and my father-in-law. He was like, oh, I wanted to see that Hamilton movie. And I was like, oh, cool. Let's let's watch it. So we're, we turn it on, and it's obviously it's, it's stage play. Very much not a movie. <laughs> yeah, and he was like, oh, so this is like a musical? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, ooh, we are in for a cool two and a half hours <laughs> of theater. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I love that he thought it was some like Oscar drama. Like, yeah, he thought it was. He thought it was a live action film. Um, so I, mean, I had to, some. I had to, at one point, it will be. <laughs> it will be, and if I'm not playing the bullet, then oh boy, <laughs> I'm gonna be mad. <laughs> so, anyway, guys, as as we were saying, we're we're reading from IndieStar.com. We're continuing where we left off in this article. Uh, for some context, I will go back a little bit. And start from where, give you a little bit of, of, of refresher. So they're in the hospital now, the family, because they were wanted to be evaluated by a psychiatrist, etc. So this is where we leave off. While she spoke with Ammons, the seven-year-old boy started growling with his teeth showing. His eyes rolled back in his head. The boy locked his hands around his older brother's throat and refused to let go until adults pried his hands open. Later that evening, Washington and registered nurse Willie Lee Walker brought the two boys into a small exam room for an interview. Campbell joined them. The seven-year-old stared into his brother's eyes and began to growl again. It's time to die, the boy said in a deep, unnatural (laughs) voice. I will kill you. Which, like, we've all been player two, and I get it. Yep. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? For sure. So, also, uh, refresher, Campbell is the grandmother uh, Grandma Campbell. Latoya. So while the youngest boy spoke, the older brother started headbutting Campbell in the stomach. Campbell grabbed her grandson's head and pile drove him. No, uh, Campbell grabbed her <laughs> grandson's. <laughs> Campbell grabbed her grandson's hand and started praying. What happened next would rattle the witnesses, and to some, it would offer not only evidence but proof of paranormal activity. 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 According to Washington's original DCS report. An account corroborated by Walker, the nurse, the nine-year-old had a, quote, weird grin and walked backwards up a wall to the ceiling. He then flipped over Campbell, landing on his feet, and he never let go of his grandmother's hand. He walked up the wall, flipped over her, and stood there, Walker told the star. There's no way he could have done that. Later, police asked Washington whether the boy had run up the wall as though performing an acrobatic trick. No, Washington told them. She said the boy glided backwards on the floor, wall, and ceiling. According to a police report, Washington did not respond to the star's request for comment. So they're saying he did not just do a cool fucking backflip. This dude, like, like moonwalked in the air. That's pretty cool. That's super cool. I mean, kudos to you, dude. Washington did not respond to the star's request for comment, but she told police she was scared when it happened and ran out of the room. As for Walker... Washington said, he ran out of the room with me. We didn't know what was going on, Walker told the star. That was crazy. I was like, everybody gotta go. (laughs) (laughs) Forgot about that part. Yeah. According to Washington's report, they told the doctor what happened. The doctor, who did not believe them, asked the boy to walk up the wall again. Walker said he told the doctor he doubted the boy could repeat the feat. Quote, this kid was not himself when he did that, Walker said. The boy said he didn't remember what happened and couldn't do it, according to Washington's report. Walker said previously he believed in spirits and demons, thought the boy's behavior had, quote, some demonic spirit to it, but also the result of a mental illness. 
I, I mean, That's, if it's mental illness, but you're doing some crazy acrobat shit, I don't know what to make of that. Yeah, if I don't know how mental illness can make you moonwalk in the air. Yeah, if my wife just started floating out of bed screaming, I'd be like, uh-oh, somebody, somebody's got some schizophrenia. I'd be like, okay, time to <laughs> call the local priest. All right. Oh, yeah, I'm not calling the doctor. Yeah. He was like, that's too many monkeys. A police report quoted <laughs> Jumping Washington. Jumping on that bit. <laughs> A police report quoted Washington saying she believed there could be, quote, an evil influence affecting the family. Ammons, uh, now we're at, we're at the section called Separated. Ooh, buckle up, listeners. Buckle I'm, up, I'm, listeners. Hold on. My buckle's a little stuck. Hold on. Okay, got it. Now I'm in. All right, listeners. Scones is in. We're buckled up, and we're about to go down that big old drop in the roller coaster. Ammons said she spent the night at the hospital with her seven-year-old son, while Campbell took Ammons' daughter and older son to a relative's home in Gary. The next day was Ammons' youngest son's eighth birthday. Bummer. Ammons said DCS officials asked Campbell to bring the older children back to the hospital, presumably to talk more about what happened. The family celebrated the boy's birthday by singing and eating a miniature cake. Then Ammons said Washington told them the children wouldn't be going home, which is a super fucked up. <laughs> it's like, hey, enjoy you. your cake. The children by the way, going home. You're coming with me forever. Uh, DCS took the emergency step of taking custody of the children without a court order. All of the children were experiencing spiritual and emotional dis- distress, Washington wrote in the DCS form. Ammons told the star she and her children cried because they didn't want to be separated. We'd already been through so much and fought so hard for our lives, she recalled. It was obvious we, it was obvious we were a team and we were beating it, whatever we were fighting. We made it through together as a team and they separated us. The Reverend Michael Ma- Maginot was leading Bible study in his living room the morning of April 20th, 2012, when he received a call from a hospital chaplain. Maginot had been the priest at St. Stephen Martyr Parish in Merrillville for more than 10 years, but had never received a request like this one. Oh, jeez. They're like, we need you for one last job. He's going off the playbook. <laughs> He's like, I'm retired. I'm out of the game. And they're like, but this kid literally backflipped into the room and popped the Van Damme split on him. And he's like, oh, he's my like, God. That's fucking sick. That's exactly. Grab my tech the- deck dudes and meet me down the hall. This case is exactly like the one that killed my partner back in <laughs> 20 years ago. Looks like it's back. And this time, it means business. The chaplain asked him to perform an exorcism on Ammon's nine-year-old son. Maginot agreed to interview the family after Sunday Mass a few days later. The first step, Maginot said, was ruling out natural causes for what Ammons and her family said they were experiencing. I appreciate that there's a logical step to this. It's not just like straight to like, okay, tie him up. <laughs> like, he's like, all right, let's make sure everything like is that. Well, let's make sure it's not just a mental illness or something. Let's do the normal steps before we go straight to the screaming Latin at this boy's face. So he visited Ammons and Campbell in the Carolina Street home April 22nd, 2012 for two hours. Uh, Ammons and Campbell detailed the phenomena for him. Then Campbell interrupted the interview to point out a flickering bathroom light. The flickering stopped each time Maginot walked over to investigate, which he attributed to a demonic presence. He's quoted as saying, it must be scared of me, <laughs> which is like, <laughs> all right. <you're laughs> I'm too tough to fix your problem. Sorry. It's probably my sick new shoes and strong calves. <laughs> my, my, Zoom, my spin classes have been paying off. <laughs> paying off. In the world of the undead. The interview was interrupted again when Campbell pointed out Venetian blinds in the kitchen swinging even though there was no air current. Maginot said he also saw wet footprints throughout the living room. Ammons complained about having a headache. 
Magino said she convulsed when he placed a crucifix against her head. Real original, lady. <laughs> uh, after four... <laughs> cool after move. Four hour, yeah. <laughs> after a four-hour interview, Magino said he was convinced the family was being tormented by demons. He said he also believed there were ghosts in the house. So not only demons, but you've got a whole band of ghosts. You've got, like, I don't know, probably, uh, some specters. I don't know what else is in there. Um, so Magino blessed the house before he left, praying, reading from the Bible, and sprinkling holy water in each room. He told Ammons and Campbell to leave because it wasn't safe. They temporarily moved in with a relative. Gary Police, Captain Starts to Believe. Less than a week later, the two women were back on Carolina Street to let Washington, the DCS, the DCS family case manager, check the condition of the home. Washington asked a Lake County police officer to come with her. Two other officers, one from Gary and Hammond Police Departments, asked to join them out of professional curiosity. Ammons refused to go inside, but Campbell agreed to accompany the group. Ammons' kids were still in DCS custody. The main floor had three bedrooms, a living room, one bathroom, hardwood floors, and a small open-style kitchen. The door in the kitchen led to a basement with concrete floors. Directly under the stairs was a dirt floor. The concrete around it was jagged as though it had been broken. The makeshift altar Ammons had created was still in place, along with rings of salt she had poured against the basement walls to dissuade the demons, according to a Hammond Police Department report. Campbell told officers that demons seemed to emanate from beneath the stairs, which is super spooky. And also shout out to one of my wife's favorite movies, The People Under the Stairs. The People Under the Stairs! Dude, Harry, that's my favorite Harry Potter movie. Harry Potter and the People Under the Stairs. It's just him. That's the, yeah. that's the twist. It's just him. Yeah, it's just his biography. Yeah, if you listen to the story from that movie, you realize that Harry yeah. Potter was a monster. Campbell told officers that demons seemed to emanate from beneath the stairs. Austin, the Gary police captain, was one of these officers. He later told the star he believed in ghosts and the supernatural, but said he didn't believe in demons because that's just crazy. Austin said he changed his mind after visiting the Carolina Street house. During the interview with Campbell, one of the officer's audio recorders malfunctioned, according to Austin and Hammond police records. The power light flashed to indicate the batteries were dying, even though the officers had placed fresh batteries in the recorder earlier that day. Another officer recorded audio and, when he played it back later, heard an unknown voice whisper, Hey, according to Lake County police records. That's wicked creepy. That is super creepy, but also I appreciate how, like, friendly the ghost is Yeah, like, hey, do you mind? I didn't agree to be recorded. You got any screaming doolies? <laughs> trying to have a wicked sick July 4th. I can't make it into Hampshire this year. <laughs> As I am stuck in a home, which I cannot leave. That officer also took photos of the house. In one photo of the basement stairs, there was a cloudy white image in the upper right-hand corner. When an officer enlarged the photo, enhance, 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 the cloud appeared to resemble a face. Lake County police records state, the enlargement also revealed a second green image that police say looked like a female. Austin said photos he snapped with his iPhone also seemed to have a strange silhouette in them. The radio in his police-issued Ford malfunctioned on the way home. Later, Austin said the garage at his Gary home refused to open, even though the power was on everywhere else, and that his wife didn't make her famous lasagna that night. Austin said the driver's seat in his personal... That was not part of it. God, but I... Imagine if they did make the famous lasagna. Austin said the driver's seat in his personal 2005 Infinity also started moving backwards and forwards on its own. He said that the car checked, he had the car checked at a dealership and the mechanic told him the motor on the driver's seat was broken, which the mechanic said he could have caused a distraction leading to an accident. 
Austin said he found himself starting to believe Ammons' claims of paranormal activity, but the mental health professionals examining Ammons and her children remained skeptical. In April 2012, DCS petitioned Lake Juvenile Court for temporary wardship of the three children. The request was granted. DCS found that Ammons, is negli- that Ammons neglected her children. <laughs> Ammons' negligee was in the way. <laughs> DCS found that Ammons neglected her children's education by not having them in school regularly. The agency made the same finding in 2009, its records show. Ammons told Washington that there were times when she could not send the kids to school because, quote, the spirits would make them sick or they would be up all night without sleep. DCS temporarily placed her daughter and older son at St. Joseph's Carmelite home in East Chicago. Ammons' youngest son went to, went to Christian Haven in Wheatfield for a psychiatric evaluation. Clinical psychologist Stacy Wright, who evaluated Ammons' youngest son, said the boy tended to act possessed when he was challenged, redirected, or asked questions he didn't want to answer. In her evaluation, Wright wrote that he seemed coherent and logical, logical except when he talked about demons. So she's like, this kid's just, just BS and being possessed when he doesn't want to answer questions. Is a question. it BS and being possessing? Dude, possessing the B's and the S's. Here on Mmm. Mmm, sling and dang. Mmm, sling and dangers. Mm-hmm. Ooh, sling and dangers. Ooh, ooh, dingers. Dingers. You slinging over there? Are you slinging dingers over there? Guys, seriously. Stop. That's the, actually the, the new policy here. <laughs> we have to fit in that promotion. <laughs> Yeah, that's not, that's actually, we didn't record that just now. That was a pre-recorded <laughs> uh, yeah, segment of audio that we have to in clip there. in. <laughs> it's like when a producer puts in his, his uh, yeah. like, voice tag. Exactly. In, in yeah, that's our, we the best music. <laughs> <laughs> slinging diggers. <laughs> you slinging diggers over there. <laughs> mm, dingers. <laughs> slinging dingers. <laughs> Anywho. Uh, it was after the, it was then that, <laughs> uh, it was then that the eight-year-old stories became bizarre, fragmented, and illogical, Wright said. His stories changed each time he told them. He also changed the subject, quizzing Wright on math problems and asking her about outer space. Can you die if you go to space, he asked. How do you get to space? Do you have to wear a helmet and a suit? Sounds like he knows. Gets- <laughs> yeah, it sounds like he's got a f- couple questions asked. Or answered. Wright believed that the eight-year-old did not suffer from true psychotic disorder. This appears to be an unfortunate and sad case of a child who has been induced into a delusional system perpetuated by his mother and potentially reinforced by other relatives, she wrote in her psychological evaluation. Clinical psychologist Jill Schwartz, who evaluated Ammons' daughter and older son, came to a similar conclusion. There also appears to be a need to assess the extent to which Ammons' daughter may have been unduly influenced, duly no <laughs> influenced way. by her mother's concern. Screaming duly herself? Her mother, <laughs> unduly influenced by her mother's concerns that the family was exposed to paranormal experiences, Schwartz wrote. Ammons' daughter told Schwartz, Schwartz that she saw shadowy figures in the Carolina Street home. She also said twice that she went into trances. Ammons' older son told Schwartz that the doors would slam and stuff started moving around. Dude, the Warren's going to get there. Right. Ammons also was examined several times by psychologists, who said she was guarded but did not seem to be, quote, experiencing symptoms of psychosis or thought disorder. One psychologist recommended Ammons to be assessed to, quote, determine whether her religiosity may be masking underlying delusional ideations or perceptual disturbances. Is religiosity really the word there? That's what it says. Um... Which I've never heard before, but... Mmm, dinger. <laughs> <laughs> you slinging dingers over there? 
It's a guy peeking into a win- like a, a neighbor window, trying to find out if there's slinging dingers in there. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he smells it from a, from the next yard, and he floats over. Yeah, cartoon float on like the green vapor, the, the pie windowsill. <laughs> oh, this is dumb. Uh, <laughs> I like it. Ammons and all three kids continue to insist they're possessed by demons. So, basically, DCS was like, okay, uh, we understand that you want your kids back, but you have to follow some rules and meet some objectives in order to get those kids back. So, while Ammons worked on meeting those objectives, police and DCS officials continued to investigate strange happenings in the house. A demonic presence. The group was a bit larger this time. Campbell, Ammons, Austin, and the two other police officers from the initial visit went back to the Carolina Street home on the afternoon of May 10th, 2012. Here's the crew. Yep. The police officers visited after work hours. Three of the neighbors could have sworn they had they were slinging dingers in the home, so they joined in as well. <laughs> Gotta investigate. So they were joined by Maginot, two Lake County officers with a police dog, and DCS family case manager, Samantha Illick. So yeah, you've got like the whole cast of characters. Imagine being a DCS case manager and you have to go like do a paranormal investigation. Just nothing yeah. ever prepared you for that. Yeah, yeah, right? You're like, uh, okay. Yeah, let me get taps. Let me call up taps. Need them. Remember taps? Nope. Uh, Ghost Hunters Company. You know the Ooh. show Ghost Hunters? Yeah, what was that? Who was that? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you know. Ghost Hunters. Uh, their company was called taps. Nice. I, I don't remember what it stands for. It's an acronym for like, I don't know, like. Terrifying. <laughs> terrifying and pretty spooky. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, um, I'd call him (laughs) so the whole crew of the Black Pearls in the Carolina Street home and Illick who was there in an official capacity told the star she volunteered to go into Washington's place because Washington didn't want to go back into the house a county officer took his police dog around the home but the dog didn't show any interest in any particular area according to Lake County police records everyone else headed into the basement so you're getting like the climax of the film coming up right here where they're all in the basement uh, Illick touched some strange liquid she saw dripping in the basement, and she said it felt slippery yet sticky between her fingers. So we've got we've got spooky goop uh, coming down. Classic, maybe blood. Who knows? No, could be ectoplasm. I don't know. Why I said no, like I know for sure, but ectoplasm. <laughs> no, 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 that's classic ectoplasm. No, I've I've watched enough taps to know when yeah. I see ectoplasm. Uh, Maginot told police he wanted to check the dirt under the stairs for a pentagram or personal objects that might have been cursed. See, this guy's covering covering his bases. I like him. Yeah, he's 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 following the the he's playing he's by the book. This guy. Yeah, he remembers his orientation. Yeah, he said a pentagram might indicate a demonic presence and a possible portal to hell, according to a Lake County police report. <laughs> oh heck yeah! Hell yeah! Or if someone had died in the house and was buried under the stairs, it could explain paranormal activity, Maginot added. One of the police officers dug a four-foot by three-foot hole beneath the stairs, unearthing a pink press-on fingernail, a white pair of panties, a political shirt pin, a lid for a small cooking pan, socks with the bottoms cut off below the ankles, candy wrappers, and a heavy metal object that looked like a weight for a drapery cord. Everything you need to open the portal to hell. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. They've finally done it. (laughs) Oh my god. The ancient Sumerian texts call for all these ingredients. <laughs> They're like, what do you need the panties for? He's like, that's just for me. <laughs> Shut up. The, like, the, don't the ask the devil about that likes one. it. 
<laughs> Finding nothing else, the officers replaced the dirt and raked over it. Magino blessed some salt, which he said is a barrier to evil, and spread it under the stairs and throughout the basement. Illich said she, later, she was later standing in the living room when the rest of the group, uh, with the rest of the group when her left pinky finger started to tingle and whiten. She complained it felt broken. Less than 10 minutes later, Illich said she felt as if she was having a panic attack. She couldn't breathe, so she walked outside to wait for the group. When the priest started questioning Ammons inside the house, she complained of a headache and shoulder pain, according to police records. She joined Illich outside. Austin said he left the house at nightfall. Austin, who has been shot at and has, been investi- and has investigated murders, rape, and armed robberies during, more th- during his more than three decades on the force, said he wasn't staying on the house past dark. The other officers continued to walk through the home. On the main floor, they noticed an oil-like substance dripping from Venetian blinds in a bedroom, but couldn't figure out where it was coming from, police record states. To make sure Campbell or Ammons hadn't poured oil on the blinds, two of the officers used paper towels to clean it off. The officers sealed the room for 25 minutes and stood nearby so no one could walk in. When they went back in, the oil had reappeared, according to police records. Maginal told police that the liquid was a manifestation of a paranormal or demonic presence. He wrote a report detailing his findings and asked Bishop Dale Melzik's permission to perform an exorcism on Ammons. So here we go. The exorcism. (gasps) Oh, oh, jeez. Hold on. I got my first buckle on. Now I'm going to get my second one. Okay, I'm in. Click. All right, we're, we got two we're, two. we're clicked in. Two belts, two buckles. Two belts, two buckles, and no time for nonsense. Imagino said Melzik had never, uh, had never authorized an exorcism. Ex- <laughs> mm, dinger. <laughs> hey, uh, listeners, if you want to be uh, a part of the show and you want to send us in, either you yelling, are you slinging dingers over there, or mm, dingers? I will 100% change the intro music to like a mashup of all those. Or just. That is so amazing. Yeah, so really, genuinely. I love that so I am, much. I'm 100% serious. Uh, DM us a, a, an MP3. <laughs> also, shout out to Sir Corny Neck for the fan illustration. Oh, yeah, for the, for the illustration. It, go to our Instagram or Twitter. It's amazing. He made a movie poster for a bit we had in the Hopkinsville Goblins episode. In episode 9. Anywho, Magino said Melzik had never authorized an exorcism in 21 years as a bishop of the Diocese of Gary. Debbie Bosick, directors of communications for the diocese, said she cannot comment on whether Melzik had, has ever approved an exorcism for confidentiality reasons. In general, she said, such an action would require a bishop's approval. Melzik initially denied Maginot's request to do a church-sanctioned exorcism, Maginot said. The bishop told Maginot to contact other priests who have performed exorcisms. Maginot said he needed other priests to give him the ritual for a minor exorcism, which does not require church approval. The priest he consulted told him to look it up on the internet. Classic tech priest. He said he did a, quote, intense blessing on the Carolina Street home to expel bad spirits. That same day, Maginot performed a minor exorcism on Ammons. The ritual consisted of prayers, statements, and appeals to cast out demons. Two police officers and Illich, the DCS family case manager, attended the ritual. Illich said she left believing that something was going on, although she wouldn't go as far as saying it was demonic. She said she got chills during the nearly two-hour rite. We felt like someone was in the room with you. Someone breathing down your neck. Illich said she had a string of medical problems after visiting the home. A week after she visited the house for the last time, Illich said she got third-degree burns from a motorcycle. 
Within 30 days, she also broke three ribs jet skiing, broke a hand when she hit a table, and then broke an ankle running in flip-flops. Jesus. That's, uh, that's a lot of break- breaking. <laughs> in 30 days. <laughs> but it's weird that she's like, man, I feel like I'm, I'm cursed right now with all this bad stuff that's happening. Let me hop on my jet ski. <laughs> like, that seems, that seems short-sighted. This might turn around my luck a good time <laughs> on the water. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing like high speeds and large metal objects in the water. I know. Just saying that, I can't believe this didn't happen in the 80s. <laughs> I had friends who wouldn't talk to me because they believed that something bad attached itself to me, Illich said. Her joking response, I'm already evil. They try to find something that's not evil and corrupt it. They wouldn't waste their time on me. Good for you, Illich. A real class clown. A real uh, jokester. All right, so we're getting to the end of the story here. After the minor ritual, Maginot told Ammons to look up the names of demons that were tormenting her. Each demon has a name and personality, Maginot said. A name has power, the priest added, and he planned to use those names to fight the demons during the exorcism. I would love if she came back with, like, six Neopets. (laughs) (laughs) I know, is she checking her, like, her record books? address book (laughs) let me see my guest book real quick ammon said she and a friend looked up the demons' names online by searching for demons that represent the problems that family had been having the computer kept shutting down she said she felt sick lightheaded but then she found the names that fit one such name was beelzebub lord of the flies oh i know a classic she said they also found names of demons that torture and hurt kids which she felt explained what happened in the carolina street home maybe bagul you know? Ooh, maybe a little uh, Mephistopheles. Hey, maybe a little uh, Shaquille O'Neal. Maybe a little Gabagool. <laughs> That's the spookiest one, Gabagool. Ammon said other high-ranking demons were also assigned to her, including lieutenants and sergeants. Oh, man. She's got the whole base. After the minor rite, Maginot said Bishop Melzik gave him permission to exercise Ammon's. The ritual is the same as the minor exorcism, but more powerful because it was ha- because it has the backing of the Catholic Church. So I don't know how that works, but... <clears throat> it's a solid branding for them, though. Yeah, right. Maginot ultimately performed three major exorcism- exorcisms on Ammons, two in English and the last one in Latin, in June 2012 at his Maryville church. During each, Maginot said he praised God and condemned the devil. Let me just praise God real quick. <laughs> uh, <laughs> go find that video <laughs> yeah that's your homework he, listeners. <laughs> that's your homework he pressed a crucifix against Ammon's head as he spoke I cast you out unclean spirit along with every satanic power of the enemy every specter from hell and all your fell companions in the name of our lord Jesus Christ Magino said his voice continued to get louder and more fearful forceful until the demon awa- the demon weakened he said he could tell how strong the demon was by how much Ammons convulsed. Two police officers who had kept in touch with Maginot since the home investigation stood nearby in case Ammons needed to be restrained. Ammons said she prayed with Maginot until it became too painful. She said she felt as if something was inside her trying to hold on and inflict pain at the same time. She said it was different from a natural pain but felt as intense as giving birth. I was hurting all over from the inside out, she remembered. I'm trying to do my best and be strong. Eventually, Maginot said, Ammons fell asleep. She said that was the demon's way of lessening the ritual effects. In between the second and third exorcisms, Maginot said he went on a retreat. A woman who assisted Maginot with some of the the exorcisms helped set up a backup plan in case Ammons had problems while Maginot was gone. 
the woman wrote a long demon name. Magino said he can't remember which one it was on a piece of paper and tucked it in an envelope. Then she surrounded it with blessed salt. If Ammons had problems, the woman would burn the envelope, Magino said. By this time, Ammons and her mother had moved to Indianapolis, but they drove back for the exorcisms and court hearings, as her children were still in DCS's care. Magino said he blessed the family's new home to prevent more problems, but Ammons called while Magino was on his retreat, complaining of bad dreams, so the woman burned the envelope. She saved the ashes to burn later in a church bonfire. After that, Ammons said, her nightmares ended. That was a wicked good envelope. Yeah. In the final exorcism at the end of June 2012, Magino said he prayed and berated the demons in Latin rather than English. Police <laughs> he officers berated did not them. attend. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, you're fat and ugly and you have a bad taste in fashion. <laughs> and they're like, you know what? Those first two are fair. But my fedora looks <laughs> great. Police officers did not attend, so Magino said his brother stood guard. Magino said Ammons convulsed while he condemned the demons but did not convulse during prayer. When she fell asleep, he said words of thanksgiving. It would be the last time Ammons saw Magino. She and her mother drove back to Indianapolis where they say they now live without fear. Ammons' old home on Carolina Street became an object of local curiosity, so much so that the owner and landlord, Charles Reed, called the Gary Police Department to ask officers to stop driving by the house because it was scaring his new tenant. He said there was no problems in the home before or after Ammons and the family lived there. I thought I heard it all, said Reed, who's been a landlord for 33 years. This was a new one to me. My belief system has a hard time jumping over that bridge. I think they're talking to that guy. Yeah. Ammons regained custody of her three children in November of 2012, about six months after they had been removed. DCS continues to check on the children and make sure that they are going to school until the case was closed last February. Ammons called her children's return the happiest day of her life. It was just awesome, Ammons said. I hadn't been that happy. <laughs> it was really rad. <laughs> it was super sick. I hadn't been that happy in God knows how long, maybe since my last kickflip. The children said they felt... <laughs> Uh, the family no longer f solely fi fixates solely on religion to explain or cope with the children's behavior issues. Uh, for her part, Ammons said it was not the psychologist who resolved her problems, but God. When you hear something like this, she says, don't assume it's not real, because I've lived it, I know it's real. And that is the story of Latoya Ammons and the spooky demons. <laughs> Again, just a really cool modern... Modern exorcist story. <laughs> yeah. Uh, do I think it's probably just psychological stuff and uh, kids being wacky and parents kind of helping uh, or not uh, shutting that ish down? No. Probably. No, we don't. <laughs> <laughs> no, we don't because we're singing dingers in here. All right. And when you're singing dingers, you take reality and you tell it to, to go Go, go, come back later, am I right? Mmm, dingers. <laughs> so that's, that's the story of the Ammons family possessions. Uh, make up your own mind. Were they possessed by Bagul? Maybe. Had a little too much Gabagool. Did they have too much Gabagool to the point where there was an old wet ghost slopping around their house? It's possible. I'm not here to say it's not possible. <laughs> Why is the ghost so wet? <laughs> Because they said they found wet boot prints in their home. Oh, okay. I thought I had to do it with the Gabba Ghoul. <laughs> I mean, it might have been some sloppy ghoul. I don't know. Uh, but uh, yeah, I don't. I personally think it's just uh, people acting a fool. But 
that's not as exciting or interesting. Make up your own mind. Let us know what you guys think. Don't let the facts get in the way of a good story. Exactly. And please send in <laughs> your best. <laughs> are you are you making are you slinging dingers over there and mm, dingers <laughs> because I it's going to be so good if it does happen and I pray it does. Oh man. So as always, you can find us on Twitter. MMMacabPod, Instagram Monday Morning Macabre, or our website MondayMorningMacabre.com for Patreon access and new merch, as well as all the episodes. We appreciate all you guys for listening and continuing to support the show, and I hope you guys had a fun and safe 4th of July. Uh, Scones, do you have anything to tell these sweet, sweet children? Yeah, I have something also on the kind of the serious side. We had a listener reach out. Oh, um, yes. Asked kind of if we could just touch on something that was going on that affected her and uh, talking about kind of what's going on in the indigenous community here in North America. Um, the Unfortunately, finding mass graves uh, from residential boarding schools that were trying to convert indigenous peoples uh, to Western cultures. And this was not some ancient thing that happened for settling. This is very much a 20th century uh, issue. There's still plenty of survivors out there who are affected by it. Um, Survivors, uh, check out the residential school survivor line, uh, part of the indigenous people's movement. And if you want to know more, uh, check out indigenous people's movement.org or their Instagram or social media pages. They have ways you can help and more information on the subject and kind of what's going on with that situation here in North America. Probably the most macabre thing because it's happening right now. And there are ways, um, you know, just spreading information like that helps. And there are other ways you can help as well. So check those out. And uh, if if any listeners have any kind of charities, movements, uh, current events that they think that it might help for a couple of goofballs like us to even just get the word out. um, Yeah, we're happy to do so. For sure. And beyond that, I mean, I hope you guys... uh, I hope you have a good Monday or Tuesday, I Ooh, guess. I hope uh, some of you at least had the day off today or, I guess, yesterday. Yeah. Uh, and have a, have, a, have a good day. Goodbye. Boy. Mm-hmm.